What is up, everybody? It's Friday. You know what that means. It's another episode of Curveballs and Share Shouts. Welcome in. My name is Brandon Tanguma, sitting electronically more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host, Dominic Hobson. Dominic, how are you doing today? Brandon, today's uh, <clears throat> a lovely day, to say the least. You know, sun's poking through the bedroom a little bit. Got the Christmas decorations down, put away. Got some Chick-fil-A. Hey. How are you doing? Five bars, five seconds. I see you, Dominic. Gotcha, gotcha. How are you today, Brandon? Uh, you know, I'm just fine. We've been doing our Fall Guys streams recently. It's been a lot of fun. Unfortunately, Dominic still is on track to get his first crown. Still has not gotten it yet. Don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm on kind of a hot streak right now. I've gotten three crowns in the last two days. And now, apparently, it seems as there's, though, Dominic, there is some competition to upend you both travis from trapdoor to hell friend of me of the podcast and also philip from the other podcast which i don't know if philip's gonna actually pull through with it but i feel like travis is the person petty enough to actually do this and he's listening to the podcast right now he says he is determined to get a crown before you will Dominic. any thoughts about that in your journey thus far we're only eight days into 2021 but i think we've played maybe more fall guys this year than we did all of 2020 i feel i mean i like to be honest and you know this is this is not a uh uh, a dig at Travis, you know, you know, every, every, you know, I'm going to break cave that kayfabe here for a second. You know, we're friends, you know, we're, we're you know, may talk, you some know, shit. you know, we may talk some shit, but it's all for the love of the sport of podcasting. But I do honestly feel like he would be the one that will throw the controller at the TV because he's about to win and someone's going to hold him and he's going to fuck up and, you know, just, just go, go ape shit crazy. Now I could be wrong. Could be totally wrong, but you know, uh, you don't have to wait and see. And if Philip gets a crown before me, I don't know. Maybe I'll have to uh, make a run in on the bullet cast and RKO somebody through a table. Quite possibly. I know we didn't do really a lot of streaming yesterday, but uh, Dominic, unfortunately, he had his Taco Bell Wi-Fi disconnect him. So when he disconnected, I continued playing the same game, got the crown, and then I had to play another one because, you know, Dominic, we can't end on a win. We got to keep going until we lose. And I made it all the way to the final again. I did the little jump showdown thing, and it was a real easy run throughout the entire show i was like cruising i was like first in almost everything and then all of a sudden this little motherfucking baseball skin was holding me and he griefed me in the like last three and of course that guy wins so i understand and i can see travis especially on stream being a little animated getting angry at some five-year-old holding him from getting his first crown which i i think that'd be very interesting and entertaining to see well i mean and, and it comes down to it if, if he, he streams it or not you know i feel like and I, I'm not using this as an excuse. I just, honest, honest to God, feel that streaming puts a little bit more pressure on me. So I feel like, you know, it's it's a little bit harder to get a crown now. But, you know, that doesn't matter because I'm determined to get one. Maybe it's today. You have to stay tuned to find out. We have been streaming pretty much every time. Well, every time Dominic makes it to the finals. But also Dominic has become a TikTok meme. Yes, Curveballs and Church House has a TikTok. Follow us, Curveballs and CS. We also have it on our Instagram at Curveballs and CS. Little video that your boy made about Dominic and his uh, choice words he had towards Tyler while Tyler was holding him in a, in a showdown. So maybe coming soon, a trapdoor to Curveballs and Sure Shots Fall Guys stream. 
all four of us together playing some fall guys and see if Travis and or Dominic can get their first crown. Now let's move on again. Unfortunately, we have to talk about someone who has passed away today. Tommy Lasorda, legendary Dodgers manager, not only just a great manager, just a great person, great personality in the game of baseball news was that he wasn't doing all that well these past few weeks. And unfortunately the news came out today that he died at the age of 93 uh, World Series champion 1988. I mean, as Oakland A's fans don't really want to talk about that World Series, but uh, just a great overall person and also, you know, a great baseball mind and everything like that. Just your, your thoughts, Dominic, on the death of Tom Lasorda. I mean, you kind of covered it all. I mean, when you think of great managers, he's one of them, in my opinion. Um, I didn't know anything he did. I mean, I'm sure when everybody everybody says the same stuff, he was a great person, great this, great that. But, you know, I only really know him from baseball and how well of a coach and how loved he was from from every team to the next. Even even if you are apparently Brandon Holtz, some type of uh, special place in his heart for him, even though he screwed his A's over. But, I mean, it, it is terrible to see somebody with such a great baseball mindset go. So I mean, Why would he, he, why be would he put in Kirk Gibson? He was on a bum leg. I don't care if he's a former MVP. Come on, Lasorda, what are you doing? Don't put him out there. That was a terrible move by him. I don't care if it paid off and he won the World Series. Just why did you have to do that? And why did Dennis Eckersley always have to throw that back to a slider every time he gets to the full count? But that's neither here nor there. I'm, I'm Even though I wasn't there, still – Still hurts me a little bit inside. But yeah, Tommy Lasorda, I mean, I think he's he's more known just like when he wasn't being a manager because he's just like this crazy, kooky personality and just like fun-loving and doesn't really give a shit about what other people think about him. So he just, you know, has a ball and does whatever the hell he wants to do. And, you know, he lived his best life, 93 years old, lived to the fullest, RIP Tommy Lasorda. And I would assume the Dodgers are going to be paying tribute to him all year. And also RIP to uh, Vin Scully's wife she passed away i think uh, this week so some some uh, big losses in the dodger family this past week okay dominic has nothing else to say about that or he just doesn't know how to use the mute button now let's move in to some real baseball news sorry to our frenemies at trapped over hell they got curveballed in chair shot where the biggest news maybe of the week happens the day after they record the biggest move of the MLB offseason thus far. The Francisco Lindor trade has finally happened. And not only Lindor has been traded, but also Carlos Carrasco. He has, both of them have been dealt to the New York Mets for uh, four players, infielder Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario, right-handed pitcher Josh Wolf, and outfielder Isaiah Green. Obviously, four young players yet to really prove themselves. This was maybe more of a cash dump. Lindor and Carrasco, two really good. I mean, Lindor, one of the best players in the game. Carrasco, a good middle-tier type pitcher, you know, two, three guy, especially in that rotation with DeGrom and Syndergaard. Dominic, your thoughts on what Lindor especially can do for the New York Metropolitans? I Honestly, I, don't, I definitely don't see them. I know we were talking, I think, for last season that the Mets have the chance to – to really do something in the future with Lindor that definitely makes their future a lot brighter, but I'm not too sure uh, if it changes drastically. I mean, like, you said, like emails one, are Dominic. it's not mine. It is someone else's. And I've, you know, 
We'll talk about it right now. Um, actually, just mute the thingy, huh? Uh, mute. There we go. Um, anyways, you said it. You said it already. For uh, Lindor, one of the greatest players right now in the game. So he he will bring that ball club up, but having that one player isn't really all that well. So what is that? I, I'm not too I'm not too sure how well the Mets do this year. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, Lindor, as I said, one of the best players in the game. And I I kind of agree with you that I don't feel like Lindor by himself is going to carry the Mets into, you know, the playoffs. I mean, Uncle Steve, he is really just balls to the wall right now just throwing everything and all his money at trying to build the best possible team this doesn't mean that the Mets aren't done I mean they could go out and get you know one of the other big nine players you know Trevor Bauer people are want you know Trevor Bauer JT Rilamuto uh, uh, DJ LeMahieu there's still some big names out there and I wouldn't be shocked if the Mets could land one or more of those players and you know Pete Alonso he's a good he, I mean, he's a real sol- solid player. He's not going to be like the guy to kind of carry your overall lineup. He's a good power bat, but I think Lindor put him at the top of your lineup. He's going to produce day in, day out. And I-, I think this definitely vaults them closer to playoff contention than NF- that NFC. NL East is pretty tough, especially with the Braves. I think the Braves aren't going anywhere. They're going to be tough. They're even going to be better with their uh, pitching rotation kind of getting healthier going into next season. But I think Carlos Carrasco, I think it's kind of an underappreciated move as well. Cause I think everyone's kind of focusing on the door, but I, I really like Carrasco's game. I think he can be a good solid pitcher. Cause I mean, when you have Jacob deGrom, you, you know, the top of the rotation set, but then if he can get guys behind him and also Jacob deGrom never really has uh, whatever run support behind him. So if you can get more run support behind him, that's just going to make deGrom starts even more productive. So I like the move, the, uh, sorry, not the Indians, the Cleveland baseball team. There we go. The Cleveland baseball team. I mean, this was kind of a cash dump. We kind of knew this was going in. They got four young players. Maybe they, they turn out to be either equal or more than these two. I don't see it exactly, but I mean, this is just kind of what baseball teams do, especially kind of the mid to lower tier players or markets. We knew this was happening. It kind of sucks. We, I mean, I kind of wish Lindor stayed in Cleveland for his entire career, but this is just the way of the game. And we have to see maybe if uh, he's, he's a Met for life now. Who knows? I mean, I'll be honest. He ain't going to be a Met for life. But definitely, I think overall at the moment, yes, the Mets win this trade. But I think going forward, the, Indian, uh, the Cleveland team will definitely better get something better in the long run. Because – you, 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 when you trade for players, you never know what you're getting, but you're getting four for the two. I mean, I definitely think Cleveland got the better end of the deal going forward. All right. We shall see how those four young – I mean, I think uh, Ahmad Rosario has played for the Mets on their uh, on their big league team, so I think he's ready to step in, uh, I don't know, one for one for Lindor. But uh, I, don't know, I think some of these players are going to get some reps, and I think Cleveland – Probably isn't going to be doing too much next year, but uh, I think they're building towards the right direction, I guess. Now let's move over to Los Angeles. This has been a story that's kind of been brewing for a long time, and it kind of just blew up today in a Los Angeles Angels clubhouse assistant or whatever they exactly call it, a clubby, 
as they would say it in the business, uh, has been uh, accused or has kind of admitted to giving out like the special sticky substance that he's kind of mastered. And he's name dropped, you know, some of the biggest and best pitchers in the game, uh, Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, Matt Scherzer, uh, Felix Hernandez, some other people. And this isn't like a really, really big news, like steroids or anything like that, but it's kind of shaking up the game. And I think it's kind of one of those like, don't ask, don't tell type of things. I think a lot of people kind of know this stuff is going on. And I would even suggest that possibly like the batters would rather the pitchers, you know, have as much control over what they're throwing as possible. Because when you're throwing like 95 plus miles an hour, you don't want one to slide and get put in your, your temple. Dominic, what's your thoughts on this whole sticky situation? Well, I mean, Brandon, somebody who probably knows ins and outs a lot better than me, I'm not going to say entirely, but definitely a lot better than me. Um, you know, why is something like this not going to be as frowned upon as Star Wars? Because I know like turpentine and stuff like that, players would, you know, hide on their the brim of their hat, they'd grab their hat, you know, get their hands all, you know, sticky and everything. Like why, why is having a sticky substance so, if, if it's, in a batter sense, maybe better because yeah, I'm not gonna get pegged as much. So why is it so frowned upon? It's frowned upon because it gives you an unfair advantage. You're just supposed to be throwing the baseball with your bare hand. You're not supposed to have any foreign substance aiding you in that. And it's kind of and as I said, it's like I feel like it's a bigger deal than or not a deal, but like a bigger problem or more players use it more than I think a lot of people might actually realize. And I and I kind of saw like a video on this where it is almost kind of petty to where if one uh, coach or manager says like, you know, this guy, unless if it's like blatantly obvious, then sometimes, you know, you kind of have to do it because the players are being so dumb about it. But then it's like there's, you know, players kind of bounce around all over the place and it might be like a, a low level bullpen guy that used to play on the A's and they knew he would always use it. Then now he's going to the Mariners and they're like, you know, we know he's using it. So we're just going to out him right now just to, you know, fuck him over whether he was a bad clubhouse guy or whatever. So I, it's just something that kind of goes around the league. And I, I don't know exactly what the ramifications are of this, but it's kind of the first step. And I don't really know how they're going to regulate it. Are you going to have to go out and like check, every every pitcher's glove and hat and arm every single thing that just slows the game down even more i mean i i I have the slightest idea how they would regulate something like that i mean they're they they can find a hiding spot anywhere everywhere i mean you could have i mean there's tons of places for it so i i couldn't really honestly tell you but if it slows down the game you're just gonna make some people more upset because i mean I'm, you know, it kind of brings me back because I'm looking at the Mac Fires second no hitter plaque on my wall, and I remember that day I was like, I want to fucking go, I want to fucking go. So can you imagine if every time, you know, beginning of every inning they had to go through a fucking checklist just to make sure the pitcher's not cheating? I, I would, I would be fucking just miserable. I mean, also that game was like delayed by an hour and a half because Coliseum didn't pay the white bills, but. But, 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 but I'm saying, though, like, what if that was a normal game? But the reason it took so long was because every pitcher and every beginning of every inning. Well, when it's a no-hitter, you don't have to worry about the ace because it's just the same guy pitching the entire game. Yeah, but but every time he goes to the dugout, you never know if he's getting restocked. So you got to go out there and do a complete check, make arms, pockets. Every, you know, it would fucking take a long time. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I know one of the things that guys will use sunscreen 
Are you going to tell guys to, you can only have a certain amount of sunscreen on your arm, especially for those white boys. And then they kind of douse, you know, they over douse their arm with sunscreen and they put the rosin on it. I mean, I, I have a feeling like Dominic, you, I mean, do you kind of understand like kind of the different tactics and stuff that they use? Like they'll use sunscreen, they use the pine tar, they use uh, Dallas Braden used to use, uh, I don't know what the exact terminology of it, but it's like bong tar, like shit like that. Yeah. I mean, I I've seen some, I've seen a couple live games and I, you know, on YouTube and stuff about how pitchers would put, you know, the tar and, and shit like on their hat. So then they would like, you know, wipe away their sweats, quote unquote, from their head, and then they'll pick up a little bit and, you know, put it on their in, inner wrist, stuff like that. I've seen it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just a, another another little thing to worry about the game of baseball. Now let's move on to before before we oh, move okay, on. Hang okay. on. What, one question for you. Okay. So Verlander is tagged in this, so 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 to speak, a little scandal, whatever you want to call it. Now, proven or unproven. I think he will eventually be a Hall of Famer unless he does something, you know, Chris Chris Benoit-ish in the future. So do you see something like this hindering his chances, kind of like a Barry Bond where he, to to most, is a Hall of Famer, but because of something happened, he's not in. So, like, do you see something like that happening? I think it's too early to exactly tell. For me personally, Justin Verlander, I think we talked about this off air with Tyler. I feel like Justin Verlander is the best right-handed pitcher of this generation. Slam dunk, no doubt about it. Hundred percent Hall of Famer. Max Scherzer, right there with him. Hall of Famer. Garrett Cole, Hall of Famer. You know, Felix Hernandez. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. I know people might not kind of think of him that way, but you know, a little East Coast bias type thing. I, I, as we said, like it's just kind of the early stages. We don't know how much of this is going to blow up, and I feel like it's not that big of a deal. Like it, it's one guy kind of trying to get. I'm not saying clout chasing, but I think it's just kind of like it's the off season, not a lot of news going on. It's it's a story to write about. And then by the time the games come around, we're just going to forget about it. OK, that sounds like a I, I don't know how to segue this shit, so I'm just going to pop right into it, I guess. We're just going to pop right into the world of professional football, the NFL, uh, to be specific. Now we're going to talk about Dominic's favorite category general manager hirings and we're not going to talk about you know any types of general manager hirings we're going to talk about the houston texans hiring their general manager nick casario he is a former new england patriot executive now dominic we're not going to get into the specifics of what he's going to do for the team or anything like that but kind of we're going to focus on the players which is what dominic likes to do deshaun watson has apparently been vocal that he wanted to be a part of the hiring process and kind of see uh you know have his voice heard in the gm hiring process and apparently it was not and it's come out these last few days that the houston texans relationship with their star quarterback is very rocky and there's you know a very good possibility he could be moved he just got the bag this year Dominic, what's your thoughts on uh, Deshaun Watson and kind of the drama that's unfolded after this GM hiring? I mean, I don't blame Deshaun, uh, Mr. Mr. Watson. Definitely. I, I feel he should be, should have been given the respect about wanting input on hiring somebody who is crucial in, you know, kind of building the team. So somewhere, somewhere that they've been lacking somewhere to me is then keeping players healthy and ready to go. I mean, I think it was Fuller. Was it Fuller that got popped for something? I can't remember. 
But yes, Wolf Fuller was suspended, and I think he's still going to be suspended in the beginning of next season. Yeah. So, but I mean, like, it kind of goes to show you that you know, he he wanted input to maybe bring people together and make a make a run for some free agents that are crucial for the positions that the Texans need. But I mean, it just comes down to it that if the ownership doesn't respect you or doesn't really want to hear you, what are you going to do about it? You're going to fucking voice your opinion and say, fuck this, you know, and somewhere that wants to hear him is San Francisco. So maybe she just go to San Francisco. Maybe he should. I just wanted to make sure exactly the numbers were correct. Four years, $39 million a year is what he signed his extension to. And then not only do they need a GM, which they hired, they also need a head coach that they have been in the hiring process as well. So we have a few new job openings. We already knew about the Texans, the Falcons, and the Lions. Now we got some more. The uh, Jaguars have an opening RIP to Adam Gase because the Jets are also looking for a head coach. And Anthony Lynn has been shellacked as well. So shout out to uh, my boy, Matthew Barry TMR. He posted this nice little convenient photo of all the different job openings and all the different cap space and all the different draft picks. So Dominic kind of just on the surface, what do you think, uh, which one of these teams do you feel like is quote unquote, a head coach away from making it to the next level? Definitely the Texans, honest to God. I feel that they have, I mean, as long as they keep Mr. Mr. Watson, Mr. Watson is the key to that team. So they keep him there. They keep him happy. They build around him. Definitely, definitely the Texans are a coach away from making it to the next level. I'm not saying they're Super Bowl bound, but, you know, take the next level championship round, maybe divisional round of playoffs. So going to this neat, nifty little chart, I have the Texans uh, going into the 2021 season. They are going to be $15 million over the cap and also in the draft because of that lovely trade they had with the uh, what's from call it the Arizona Cardinals and blah 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 blah. They do not have a first round pick, nor do they have a second round pick. They have one third round pick and five four through seven round picks. So maybe on the field, you know, Deshaun Watson probably one of the best players in the game. Defense is kind of lacking and they don't have a lot of like room to build and like add new players. How much do you think is that going to affect them going into next season? Do you think they can just do it with what they have and with the little they do have, where do they look to add? Yeah. Well, you can never go wrong with adding a decent receiver. I mean, with Fuller being popped and, you know, I'm not saying that he, I mean, he was one of their key receivers, but. But you're handcuffed. You don't have money to spend and you don't have draft high draft picks. So you have to really get lucky in like the fifth round. Yeah. And, and Which, that's I mean, positive. Antonio it's, Brown was that late. So you could find it that, that deep in the draft, but you could, you can find that, that, you know, that angel that sitting on the little step. I don't know where I was going with that analogy, but I'm just saying you can find a decent player that will turn out better in the long run. Um, you know, a lot of the first round pick people, in my opinion, get a little big ego syndrome and, you know, decide to shit the bed and become washed up within a couple of years. I mean, look at Dwayne Haskins. So, uh, but, you know, that's just, that's just how it feels. Just the way it goes. So then uh, going to the Jaguars, I 
talked a little bit about them last week. I think we we're going to talk about them, but we have more news to talk about the Jaguars because they are kind of at the top of what they can do going into the 2021 season. They have $81 million in free cap space, two first round picks with the number one overall pick. They also have the Rams first round pick, uh, the second, two second round picks, their number one pick in the second round and the Vikings pick. And then they get a one third and then seven, four through seven. So now the Jaguars are the worst team in the league. Dominic, do you think the cons are going to put their time and energy Everything points to they're going to get Trevor Lawrence. They're going to get that star quarterback. Then after that, where do you think they move to? Do you think they can? I mean, we're not saying they're going to make the playoffs next year, but do you think they got to tear everything down to build it back up again? Which they kind of only had it for like a year or two, but that's what. Yeah. Yeah. there. Definitely think going Lawrence is the best first round pick for him. After that, I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to think off the top of my head what the I mean I mean they were the worst team so yes they lacked in every possible position, but I, I mean I would probably go for I would probably try to get a decent running back honestly I feel like the Jaguars you you can get a decent receiver you know second round something like that but I think you're it should be Lawrence and then a running back definitely um, defensive wise so, so, so Dominic you think. The Jaguars should get a, a running back in the first round, even though they just drafted or they just signed the best undrafted running back of all time. I I don't in keep James up with the, I don't I don't keep up with the Jaguars, so I'm trying to think of the top of my head. So I don't know why you're getting all. Well, I mean, little... James Robinson was like one of the biggest things coming out of Jacksonville, so it's not like it's you know an unknown story. Every time the Jags come on, which I know you don't watch a lot of Jacksonville football. But I don't. I don't. I don't watch it. That's what you don't need to see. I don't watch a lot. I don't watch. If you listen to points and doinks every Tuesday, RIP, you would know that James Robinson, hell of a running back over there in Jacksonville. Why would I want to listen to points and doinks? I mean, we don't have to anymore because we don't do them. But maybe good. draft draft time. Watch out. Points and doinks may be returning. Mm, probably not. I heard it wasn't even that successful. Damn, 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 damn. So, I mean, I don't think they're going to go running back route. I think they have good wide receivers, good enough. I think you really need to, like, clamp down on the defense. That's what made them successful all those years ago. You know, draft defense, bam, and then an offensive line to protect the golden boy, Trevor Lawrence, and everything like that. Uh, I I mean, the Jets, they're the Jets. They're going to go in jet. But uh, the Chargers, Dominic, $30 million in cap space, one first, one second, one third, and five, four through seven. You know, they they have their star quarterback. They got the offensive weapons. They were there. I mean, they lost so many one-possession games. I, I feel like maybe they're the other team that's a head coach away. And whether it's uh, Vietnami, the I think that's his name, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs that probably should have been hired like last year, Robert Sala, defensive guy. You know, those are kind of the, the top-tier names that everyone's kind of looking at. Do you think the Chargers are kind of another team that, if they just make the right hire, they get the right guy in place that they can really be doing some things. I, I can see that working out for him. Definitely one coach away as well. I totally forgot about them. I mean, Herbert, I mean, fucking blew everyone away with, I mean, everybody knew how good of a quarterback he was, but I mean, the, the way he was playing, it, it felt like he, you know, was playing, you know, this is like his fifth year in the league. It, it was amazing. So like you said, they have the weapons. I mean, I think they had one of the better defenses. It just, like you said, 
it was those key moments where the defense lacked that cost them games. So definitely, yeah, I could see a head coach coming in, given, you know, the the picks that they have. I definitely could see them doing something with it. And whenever these coaches get hired, we shall talk about it. And uh, yeah, now let's move on to uh, the regular season is done, but that doesn't mean that this segment is done. And what is that segment? It's uh, Dominic's picks, everybody. Bum bum. Uh, yeah, so Dominic actually beat me last week once again, but both of us had a good record. Dominic had 11 and 5. I had 10 and 6, bringing both of our records to 163, 94, and 1. Now, you guys, we, I know we got a bunch of math geniuses out there. Your boy may or may not have fucked up in the calculations throughout the season. I do not know where I messed up. I don't know how I did it, but I accidentally added two games to what actually happened. So, yeah, there should be 256, but actually in this record, it's 258. But anyways, we're just going to say we both tied at the end of the regular season. Now let's move on to the postseason, Dominic. We got six games on tap with the extra wild card. We get three, three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday, and we're kicking it off with the Indianapolis Colts traveling to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Bills Mafia will be there around 6,000. Dominic, the Bills just butt-fucked the Miami Dolphins last week. Will they do it again? Well, not again, but will they do it to the Colts? Definitely. Uh, I The Bills have been just riding high. The Colts are on again, off again. Bills all around. Great team. Colts have their moment. So I definitely think the Bills will beat that Colts. It's AS. And I will agree with you. I think the Bills are definitely a, a hot team right into the playoffs. And that's what you want. Do you want to be playing your best football as you get into the postseason? Now, what? how far can they go? How successful can they be? I think that offense definitely – is good enough to keep up with the star teams, you know, Kansas city, uh, you know, the Saints, the other high powered offenses in the league. But I'm going to go with the bills and it should be fun. Weather in Buffalo, you never know what's going to happen, but I think the bills will win here. Then we jump over to the West as the Los Angeles Rams take on the Seattle Seagulls. The Rams, even though they did not have Jared Goff and Cooper cup, were able to beat the Arizona Cardinals, not to be confused with the St. Louis Cardinals. And the Seagulls, they beat the 49ers, so they uh, hold the three seed. They will be hosting the Rams. Both of these teams faced off the season. They are each one and one. Jared Goff seemingly is on the right track to play in this game, I believe. Dominic, what do you say in this game? Now, I know Cooper Cup isn't the, you know, all-star receiver that he could and should be with that being said i think the seagulls will run wild over these rams so i'm gonna go with seattle beating the rams and i will go with the rams to win i think this is not like a fuck it pick per se but i think this is one of those where you know, I'm going to differentiate from Dominic just to be different. This The Seahawks, I mean, yeah, they're getting wins. They're not exactly very sexy about it. They kind of uh, – I can see them just kind of blowing up, and if the defense of the Rams could really get to Russ, I think it's going to 
be very difficult for them to move the ball now with Jared Goff and his issues. That's their own issue. But I think the Rams defense is going to be able to clamp down and take care of business and get them the win. Now, the marquee game, the Saturday night game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers take the take on the Washington football team. Yes, the 11-win Buccaneers have to go to the 7-win Washington football team. That's just how the way it goes. Dominic, the storyline going into this is Tom Brady, first postseason game as the Buccaneers. He was not very good in all the po- in all the primetime games he's played this year as the Bucks. Does that make any difference to what you're picking in this game? Yeah, yeah yes and no. It, it's hard. I want to go with the Buccaneers just because Tom, A.B., Evans, all, all of the offensive weapons that the Bucks have. But like you said, he's been struggling. Then you look on the other team. You have Alex Smith, who's come back from near death to become – I mean, I, I think when he was on the 49ers, he was playing great, great football. So to have him come back and play at the same caliber he, he left at, it's, it's hard to not go with him. But in history and in the game of football, to bet against Tom Brady – is it, it's hard to to lose that bet. So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. I'm going to go with the Buccaneers as well. I think this is going to be a really fun game. I think the defense of Washington is going to want to step up. I think they will step up and chase young called out Tom Brady, you know, rookie of the year possibly. And he, he wants, he wants to go, he wants to go after Tom Brady. I think it's going to be a fun matchup to see the future taking on the past or the present. However you see Tom Brady, uh, I think this is going to be a fun game to watch uh, Tampa Bay. I think the only thing that scares me, not in terms of like the pick going wrong, just maybe this game not being that good is that Washington's offense just can't really get on track. And I think there's a, a good possibility that this could be a really good game or the Buccaneers just come in and just, you know, literal dog water the Washington football team and just run away with it. I, <sighs> And it depends. It depends who Alex Smith has has running with him. I mean, there's numerous. I don't know if Gibson is really playing at 100. percent I don't know if. Uh, what's the other dude? Oh my god, I fucking played him. What's the other running back for fucking Washington? Oh my god, don't tell me his name. I'm All not- right, give me a hint. Give me a hint. Give me a hint. Jay. McKisnick. There we go. D. McKisnick. There we go. Mad boy. I got it. I got it. Now let's move on to the Sunday games. The morning game, which might actually be the best game out of the six, is the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. This is a rematch from last year. The Titans went into Baltimore and stomped them out. Now this time Baltimore going into Tennessee. Baltimore really clicking. Tennessee kind of up and down. Their defense is not that great, but their offense is able to keep them in games and outscore the opponents. Now, Donick, I think that's what Tennessee kind of wants it, not wants to do, but is going to have to do if they want to get this win. I, I've been on the fence picking this game. I don't know who to go with the, the stable Lamar Jackson or the unsteady Tannehill. I want to hear what you have to say about this before I make my pick. So I need you to go first. So officially I have to go with the Tennessee Titans. They are my Super Bowl 
not champions, but the AFC champions. So I'm going to go with the Tennessee Titans. But if this was, you know, all things equal, I probably would go with the Baltimore Ravens just because I, I really like what the Baltimore Ravens are doing offensively. Defensively, they've been solid all year. Yeah, they've kind of had some pickups every now and then, but the defense has always been there. But now that their offense is really clicking, they really want to run the ball. It's going to be really effective when they get into bad weather games. They're run, running it down the field. And, you know, when Lamar wants to throw it, he's connecting with uh, Marquise Brown occasionally. He's hitting Andrews. So I, I think Baltimore has a really, really, really good shot at winning this game. So I'm s- serving it up for you on a silver platter, Dominic, to pick the Ravens right now. See, but you're, you're, you're swaying me to go to the Ravens, but I did on my Barstool app. I did pick the Titans. So do I go with my Barstool app or do I go with my gut? So. That's a pretty big gut. I think your gut knows a lot of things. You're right. That is pretty true. So with that being said, I think to be different, I will keep – I will go with the Ravens. Fuck it. My fucking pick. Go. There's your fucking pick, the Baltimore Ravens. Then we get the Chicago Bears going to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. Drew Brees, you know, played for a little bit in the Week 17 game. Then he sat out, so still dealing with those broken ribs. I would assume he's going to come in and play the entirety of this game. The Bears had a chance to cement their playoff spot by just winning. They could not do that. They needed some help. The Cardinals ended the Blues, which – had them backdoor into the playoffs. Dominic, what do you think here is going to happen? Well, once again, I was playing with this in, in my head going like the Bears are sneaky good. They they definitely can turn it on when they need to, to, to win a game, like you said, but last week they didn't. But it's Drew Brees. I feel Drew Brees will just annihilate, drop dick, whatever you want to fucking call it in football. He's just going to run wild. So I think I'm going to go with New Orleans. Similar to Tennessee, I, I have to go with New Orleans, but I, I do think that they will win this game. I think it is a possibility that uh, New Orleans could kind of like stink, you know, shit the bed, and they're offensively just aren't being able to get it going. Alvin Kamara came out and said he will play in this game on Sunday after being put on after testing positive for COVID. I, I think Chicago has a possibility to you know get hot offensively, but I think New Orleans it. I think it all just comes down to the defenses. Defense wins championships. That's a cliche. I think New Orleans has a better chance. I mean, the New Orleans defense is really good. Chicago Bears defense isn't as good as it was last year. They could possibly step up in this game, but I still feel as though the Saints will win. Now, not really talking about the on-field product, Dominic. This game is the game to watch on television because this game will be broadcast on Nickelodeon, and we don't know what the hell that exactly means. But I'm watching Nickelodeon to watch this game, Dominic. Are you excited to watch football on Nick? I mean, it kind of shows you where the world, you know, where all the world is going. I mean, Nickelodeon is hosting professional football, not just a football game, but a playoff game. So, yeah, I might, I might watch it on Nick, too. I don't know. It depends. What, I'll probably, I'll what do you think forget. is going to be going on? Is there going to be slime in the end zone every time there's a touchdown? Are they going to have like funny SpongeBob filters on Drew Brees' face? Like what, what exactly kind of acid trip is going to be going on during this game? <laughs> I mean, that I'm just saying that would be pretty cool if, you know, they start doing like SpongeBob filters or that would be pr- pretty, pretty funny. But I mean, I, I don't see Nickelodeon really affecting the, the game more of it's just, it's on their their station. 
I think if they, if they do too much by adding stupid slime or voice changes or, you know, animations and stuff like that, I think that takes away from, from the game itself. I mean, yeah, you're appealing it to younger kids to maybe get them in, interested in football or something like that, which I respect, but you know, it, it to me it would ruin it to to a to a point. So I I hope they don't really ruin it too much. Donic, I'm just letting you know, you do know this is a side broadcast. If you just want to watch it straightforward, it'll be on CBS. Yeah, I know, but it's Nickelodeon. I know, but if I mean, how many you know diehard football people who just want their football straight is going to watch Nickelodeon? I mean, what 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 if uh, you know? Let's say you're a dad, a single dad, and you're like, hey, little Timmy, you want to watch football or do you want to watch Nickelodeon? Nickelodeon. You turn on Nickelodeon, you see a football game, and maybe SpongeBob and Patrick are narrating it or commentating it. Oh, come on. If SpongeBob and Patrick are commentating, I'm watching the whole thing. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, maybe even the dad will be like, this is pretty fucking cool. So, well, let's wait and see. Now you're getting my expectations too high, Dominic. I'm not I'm not happy about this. I'm just gonna get disappointed now. Then the final game of the playoff slate, the Cleveland Browns take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Browns just beat the Steelers in week 17, but it was the B team. Mason Rudolph was the quarterback, but now the Pittsburgh Steelers come back full strength. Dominic, the Steelers, I mean, both these teams have kind of been having they've had an up and down season. Rivalry game, division game in the playoffs should be fun. But will the team show up? The team that's going to show up is going to be the Steelers. You know damn right. So there, there's no doubt about it. Not taking anything away from the Browns and how a good season they had. But the Steelers had probably one of the better seasons. So I think um, e- easy pick, the right pick, is going with the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, as much as I want to go with Cleveland, I will go with Pittsburgh as well. I think Cleveland, I, I know it's, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. They had to get the win. I, I feel as though they probably should have won a little bit more comfortably. I mean, they just squeaked past the, the B team Steelers last week. So I, I feel, I think, I feel, I think, I feel, I feel, I think that the Steelers will win. And we didn't exactly set up what's going to go on next week, but when it happens, we'll preview that game. And that'll do it for the sports, Dominic. Well, if that is it for the sports, Brandon, I guess it's time for Mr. X's questions of the week. Bump, 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 bump. There we go. And friends, and friends, we actually have a question. Oh, on the yay. Instagram. Oh, yeah. Well, probably you want to do yours for it. And I'll do Mr. X got the jingle. He gets first dibs. It is a sports question. So when he's done with your sports questions, I'll pop in. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So uh, hello. Hello, Mr. X. If that is your real name, even though your real name pops on the email, but whatever. Uh, With reports that the end. Shut up, Brandon. You're my back string again. I'm slurring my words a little bit. Have a concussion from earlier. It's all right. I'm fine. Uh, Hello. With the reports that the NBA is. God damn you. I swear to God. Interrupt me again, and you're suspended. Jesus. Okay, here we go. One more time. Hello. Oh, now there's a fucking helicopter going by my window. Sorry. Bay Area living. No, no, no comment on that, Brandon? Okay, I think I hear you the too. helicopter now. You hear it? Is that a helicopter? Is that a plane? I don't know. I can't see oh, it. What? Anyways, Hello. 
With the reports that the NBA is looking to expand along with the Seattle reportedly being on as a front runner to get a team, could we see the return of the Supersonics in the next few years? Hmm. I don't know if it's going to, it probably should be the Supersonics because if you're going to go back to Seattle, you probably should just do the Supersonics, but uh, they're, yeah, they are. So they are looking for expansion in the NBA because of COVID and everyone's losing money. So they're just basically uh, whoring themselves to bid for cities to bid and like give them billions of dollars for rights to hold an NFL or NBA team. Seattle seems like the real front runner, but it's also like what team or what city really needs it. Like there's cities in the NBA already that probably shouldn't have a team. So you're just, you know, I can think of your product even more. I can think of a city. It's called Oakland. They need a fucking team. Fuck the Warriors for fucking going San Francisco. Just stayed in Oakland with a bunch of bitches. Go to Oakland, get a fucking, you know, make a deal with them. Just saying, throwing it out there. Hate to burst your bubble, but I think they would rather go to Seattle and Las Vegas before they put a team literally like a boat ride, a five minute boat ride away from the Warriors. Yet you have the Giants and the A's. Come on. If the MLB could do it, why can't the NBA do it? Well, they this have all, a fuck, this they all, have this the all happened and the Clippers. in the, this all happened in the 60s and but they have Boston. the Lakers and the Clippers come on they but share L- a fucking LA is a bigger market than the bay area but it's it's the it's not the bay area it's the yeah area come on man get with it i think seattle <laughs> is an obvious pick i think vegas is another is another one if you want to put them like on the east i'm trying to think of like places you can like big markets on the east that don't really already have a I mean, there's Pittsburgh. You can have a Pittsburgh team, but that doesn't really do anything for me. I mean, I think Seattle, Las Vegas, and then you kind of rearranged, you know, add some of those central Western teams to put them in the East, I guess. Eh, whatever. Anyways, uh, are there any NBA teams people should start hitching their wagons to this early in the season? That is a good question, actually. That is a good question. So I'm just going to pull up. Oh, and the studio audience is glass no, it's broken. Be- She's made no, her appearance. It, no, it's because I had to move. My leg was starting to hurt, so I moved it, but and her legs are on my legs. So she was like, stop moving your leg. It's okay. We're all good. No, no, no. Uh, we're all good here. How are you? How are we go? Oh. Okay. So so just uh, <laughs> looking at the standings right now, going into the East, we got the Sixers, number one. Number two, the Orlando Magic with a 6-2 and two record. I'm like, are you feeling the Magic? I mean, Marco Fultz just did go down with the torn ACL, so that's obviously going to hurt them. And then the New York Knickerbockers, number five. They're there. They're above the Milwaukee Bucks. Are the Knicks going to actually do something this year? No. I mean, if you've seen Seoul, you know it's just not going to happen. But then technically, spoiler alert, you know, maybe because of what happened in Seoul, that means the the Knicks aren't going to get fucked over anymore, Right. True, true. That, that That's very true. But, I mean, with that being said, it is the Knicks, and they haven't been the same since, like, a long time. So, I mean, it is kind of too early to tell. But uh, if, if we're going to go on a team, I think maybe the Magic or the Pacers is the underdog team that you would want to hit your wagon to. Then going on to the East, the number one – or the West – the number one team in the West right now is the Phoenix Suns. We talked about it. I think both of us were kind of hesitant exactly how good that Chris Paul move will make them. But thus far, three-weight games, six and two, paying off. 
Yeah, surprised, and I'm surprised the Warriors are where they're at. Honestly, I thought the Warriors would be a little higher up. So, I mean, they're four and four. It's there's so many teams deadlocked at four and four that, I mean, they could easily be the four seed, which is what the Utah Jazz are, or they can be out of the playoff picture, like the Dallas Mavericks and the San Antonio Spurs. So, it, it's too early to tell right now. The those Rockets two and four. <laughs> yeah, you hate to see it, uh, but the the Kings, the Trailblazers down there seven eight seed they're just knocking on the door i i kind of hope and wish that the kings can make that next step and possibly be in the running so maybe that's the team i'll hitch my wagon to the sacramento kings baby great great arena great arena. if 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 i had to hitch my wagon up to a team right now i mean to be honest i would probably i mean i'm a warriors fan i'm a local boy whatever even though I i can talk shit about my own team but I think if I had to pick another team right now to hitch my wagon to, I think I would pick the Heat. But that's just because I feel like I've watched more of their games. I know what's going on more than I do any other team. So I think I would go with the Heat probably. Maybe, I don't know if I'd say the disappointment. I think the Denver Nuggets and the Rockets are kind of right there. Your thoughts on, uh, I mean, the Rockets, we all know what's going on with them with James Harden, but the Nuggets, yeah, that's kind of, I think that's one of the big surprises thus far out of the first 10 games that the Nuggets aren't doing so hot three and five on the outside looking in right now. Do you think they, is it kind of just slow start or do you think there's something to that? As a great person once told me, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. So I think it's just a bad start and they'll get over it. And you'll, you'll see the Denver Nuggets, how they were last year. So don't worry about it. I moved on. Any more sports questions from Mr. X? One more sports question that we had into wrestling. Are you ready? Stay ready. So don't got to get ready, baby. It's about one of your favorite football players, too, just, just to give you a little, little hint, hint. Uh, last, close. Very close. Last month, ESPN's Adam Schafter. Schaefer? Schaefer. It's Schaefer, Sha- huh? Schefter. Adam Schefter. Schefter. Whatever. Fool. He's a fool. Suggested that Jameis Winston makes sense for the Bengals to acquire as a backup quarterback heading into the next season. What do you think about this? I'm going to direct this towards you since you're a big Winston fan, Brandon. Jameis Winston going to Cincinnati I mean that would just be amazing obviously we don't know what Joe Burrow's status will be possibly he'll miss beginning the season if not uh, I mean Jameis Winston I, I mean I feel like if I'm Jameis Winston I, I feel if, if I'm going to make if I'm going to be a backup I think I'd rather be a backup sorry Mr. X in the New Orleans Saints system just kind of learning I know Drew Brees the reports are that he's going to be retiring this year now does that mean Taysom Hill takes over as the starter Maybe, possibly. I mean, they gave him all that money and they started him over Jameis this year, so might as well. But, uh, I mean, if I'm choosing to be a backup or possibly be a starter somewhere else, wouldn't I, I, I would think I would rather want to go with the Saints than the Cincinnati Bengals. But for the Cincy, for Cincy I think that, mm-hmm. I mean, I think Jameis is a, a viable backup, if not one of the best backups in the game. I mean, I, in my opinion, you have to see what happens with Cam. In, in the offseason with, with with the Patriots because didn't he sign only a one-year deal with, with the I, Patriots? I think Cam is definitely like a good backup backup. Like if he's not going to start, he'll be a backup. He can help like Ryan Fitz. I mean, not exactly like Ryan Fitzpatrick, but, you know, have that veteran presence to help the young quarterback kind of, you know, help his development along. If he has to play, you're going to grit your teeth and it's not, I mean, if Cam Newton plays, it's not going to be what Joe Burrow can do. I and mean, we've seen Cam not exactly throw the ball all that well this year, but we shall see big, 
big Jameis if he big Jameis fan if he goes to Cincy and lights it up there. We'll see. So before we go to wrestling, I heard that you said we have a fan question about sports. Yes, we do have a fan question about sports. Okay. It does not come, unfortunately, from Haley. We don't know where she's been. She's been a little MIA lately, but we do have one from Ty Gundy 27. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I know. I know. It's okay. He asked about old Uncle Stevie. Is Steve Cohen done making moves this offseason or does he keep pursuing big name for agents? Now, I kind of talked about it, but Dominic, kind of your thoughts. Do you think the Mets are going to continue to throw money at this free agent class? <sighs> I mean, I'm trying to think what the what the Mets desperately need. I don't think they desperately need anyone. But that being said, I think if you can make room for, like you said, one of those big big nine or, you know, whoever you can get that will help your ball club. I definitely don't think they, they're going to be trading anyone. You know, I don't see them trading one for one for, you know, anyone big. I don't really see them trading anyone else unless it is a bigger name than they're getting. So I, I think they might be done. They might, uh, you know, if they're smart, they might try to – I don't know if any of their big-name players are coming up on their contracts or whatever. I don't know if they want to throw money at them to keep them, but I, I, I think they're pretty much done. Yeah, I mean, I, this Lindor trade was kind of like all their big top-end prospects slash young players that they could really deal so with that, I think it's going to have to come to the money aspect in the free agency. So, I mean, as I said, you know, Riamuto, Bauer, um, LeMahieu, and maybe some of the other guys I'm kind of forgetting off, off the top of my head. I, I still think, I mean, Steve Cohen has come out and said, like, you know, he, he's almost kind of like a fanboy. And like, if you're playing, you know, my GM or something where you can just make all the moves you want and it really has no repercussions. That kind of what is what Cohen is doing right now. He's just throwing all this money at all these different players and, we haven't seen right now if it's going to work or not, but on paper, Lindor's a good move. Carrasco's a good move. And I would not be shocked by the time we start, you know, pitchers and catchers report. If that happens, the Mets get one or two, what maybe one big and one kind of mid-level player. Okay. Okay. And uh, before we get off the topic of sports and into the world of professional wrestling, weren't you supposed to bring something up? We talked about it uh, last night. Or we're supposed to bring something up, put it on the agenda. I already forgot. Dominic, what's on the agenda that I forgot? Travis eating a hot dog in the dugout. Oh, okay. Apparently, Dominic has some hot takes about Travis eating a hot dog in the, in the no, dugout. No, no, I don't. I don't. I was just saying that I remember, you know, because I, I, it, maybe it was like a few weeks ago, and I said, I thought, remember, I thought Tyler said I couldn't say anything about the medics. I didn't play baseball. And I was like, dude, I played Little League with you guys. Well, not with him, but with you and Travis for how many years and everything. He was like, that's not what I said. And then we started talking about how I remember sitting in the dugout and Travis would always get like a hot dog or a piece of pizza and a soda. And I would always tell my parents like, why can't I get a hot dog or something like that? And, you know, it, you know, and it comes out that, you know, Travis is just a badass. So it's fine. Yes. It's great. The fuck just happened? Nothing. Shut up. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. Well, on that note, let's move on to the world of professional wrestling, Dominic. Hey, moving on to wrestling here. Keeping it with Mr. X's Christmas. Um, we're going to go with, why is Goldberg here? Just to make our heads hurt? And why do they keep putting him in the title picture? Like, Brandon, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? 
Well, we're going to talk about this uh, scheduled, but I guess we can just talk about it right now. I do not know what they are doing with the Goldberg thing. I did feel as, I mean, the match, Drew McIntyre and Keith, I thought it was a really good match. Uh, then going on to the Goldberg return, he cut a promo about how Drew is like disrespecting the elders, which I didn't really get that vibe, but whatever. And then I just hope this is just a, another way for Drew to get a big win. He beats Goldberg. But yeah, just Goldberg year after year coming in and facing for the title. It is kind of tiresome. It is kind of like boring. Like if Goldberg were to come in and just, I don't know, beat or face off against, I mean, that's just kind of the issue. It's like the only real people that matter are the people with championships and even the championships themselves don't really matter all that much. But it's like if Goldberg faced off against Keith Lee or Bobby Lashley, I, I feel like that can be, it might not be the best thing in the world, but at least it, you know, it's, it's not the old man shows up once a year to challenge for the title. I mean, I, I think it could be a lot worse. I mean, you could have him actually winning it, which I highly doubt he's going to beat Drew because why would you put the title on Goldberg for who? You're going to have Brock Lesnar come back and have Brock and Goldberg again? No. I think you keep the title on Drew and then you just, that's going to be your WrestleMania matches, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, which maybe it's Daniel Bryan, maybe it's John Cena, maybe it's, I don't know who, but we'll have to wait and see. Going on to the next question of three so this is number two halfway there almost actually a little more than halfway right so wouldn't that be going, third? so wouldn't that be less no you'll be at two-thirds this is the second out of three so we two-thirds okay. i thought you said we've done a third so okay 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 watch your fucking mouth okay. it was my understanding there would be no math dominic uh, you misunderstood a lot of times then what was the whole point of the rick and charlotte flair fiasco one wrong didn't they do that storyline a couple years ago with her telling him to get lost? Plus, I thought she was a face now. Brandon, I know you probably got a lot of hot takes. Go ahead and rip it apart. I mean, I don't got like super hot takes about it, but I, I did think it was kind of stupid. Like this whole time, Charlotte was presumably a baby face, but I forget. Was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year where Ric Flair. Yeah, it was last year. Like I think leading up to WrestleMania where Rick was like all happy and, you know, loves his daughter and it's like oh my god look at how great she is and then uh charlotte being the heel was like you know fuck off dad i'm i'm the goat now and i don't need you and then they just come back and i mean it's rick flair and charlotte you know we understand they they don't actually hate each other kayfabe but the whatever it was like the the angle or whatever they were doing with rick flair accidentally grabbing charlotte's leg and it was just clunky it didn't look exactly all that well and then uh the commentators were kind of going back and forth and that was kind of confusing and then charlotte just yells at him and so does this mean we're like is this how is charlotte like already doing the big show route where she comes in as a face and then two weeks in she's turning heel again yeah probably i mean that's what it sounds like it sounds like it's they don't they don't know how to continuously book her as a face or as a heel i think honestly she's better off as a heel granted she is a flare rick has been kind of if you think about it rick has been always a heel but he is such so loved that people cheer for him so i think it's kind of hard because they probably think you know in charge and everything like that so i mean it's Tommy, i, you I did think the thing, you did the thing that i do where you cut out and we didn't hear you for like a good two three seconds really yeah 
Oh, well, I wonder if it's because my phone went, went to the lock screen. Maybe that's why. But I just feel like it's WWE thinking they have, you know, the nature boy reincarnated in his daughter, and it's not true. Because he was so loved, but yet he was a heel. And I feel like she is better off as a heel, but they don't know how to how to paint that picture. So sure. Charlotte is definitely much better as a heel. And I, yeah. I think the whole segment itself was just kind of awkward and out of nowhere. And even yeah. the commentators didn't know how to frame it. So, yeah. I mean, I have to wait and see exactly what happens. I, I mean, they're already going to the breakup possibly or the heel turn. I, I don't know. Which and this is the reason why you don't talk too much about Raw. Okay. And then moving on to the final question. And it is a question that I think I brought up even last night. And it's, did Jay White give an Academy Award-worthy performance during his post-Wrestle Kingdom press conference just to throw people off that he'll be coming back? Or is he really leaving New Japan? Well, this was on the docket that we were going to talk about after the questions, but Mr. X, look at you. You already know what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, Jay White, after losing his Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 main event to Kota Ibushi, fantastic match, by the way, longest Tokyo Dome match in history, beating Kazuchika Okada. And Kenny Omega from all those years ago. But yeah, he comes out, does the post game uh, press conference thing, and he just cuts this long winded, like maniacal promo about how he is, you know, gone from his family and he puts all this time and effort and no one cares about him. And New Year's Dash is the last year or the last date he has and he's leaving. And then, right when I was about to, you know, writing the, the script for this, there's a report coming out of Japan that apparently. It's not a foregone conclusion he's coming back to w- or to New Japan. Apparently, WWE is pushing hard to get Jay White, and is a 50-50 possibility of him signing with WWE. Now, Dominic, I know, I mean, we went to the Cow Palace show together. You've seen Jay White, maybe like the biggest response to a heel I've really seen, like from a smart mark type of crowd. So you, you might not know everything about Jay White, but you've seen him and you've experienced him. Your thoughts on Jay White possibly coming to WWE and what do you think do you think WWE can actually do something with them like I, I mean don't fuck up don't fuck them up I guess is what I'm trying to well, say well and, and that's and that's where I think even somebody like me whom I know him I know of him I wouldn't say I know him like I know his fucking complete history but that is one thing that a fan of my caliber is automatically gone please don't fuck him up I would love to have him here I think he could he could fit it in so many different areas. You can you can have him take over undisputed air. You can have him do something with Bray because you know, they're both these cynical, manipulable figures. You can have him do something with Randy. You know, there's there's a bunch of places he can go. But the number one thing is WWE. Will they fuck him over and fuck him up? And I think they will. So I, whatever happens, definitely needs to. If Jay White is smart, he's gonna hopefully maybe be like look i i know what you guys do i'm not fucking stupid i don't want you guys to control me all that much granted i understand i'm signing with you guys but you're not telling me i can't do this if it's you know if it's stupid and childish i'll fucking take my shit and leave somewhere else and i think that's what wwe is going to start having to backtrack to is because he can go to he can go to AEW and be whatever the fuck he wants to be or do you go to WWE, get the, you know, you're under the big umbrella and what are you going to do? You're going to, you're going to play ball. No, I think he definitely wants to do his own stuff. So I, it, it's going to be hard, a hard fought battle for WWE. Definitely. 
I probably would put it 70. He goes to, back to New Japan, 30. He goes to WWE. Uh, I don't know if he lives in New Zealand or, you know, exactly his living situation, but, you know, it is kind of an easier travel schedule to just go to Japan than to kind of uplift your entire life. I know we're in a pandemic, but to, live, up, to uplift your entire life, move it to the States and everything like that. So I just looked it up. Jay White is 6'1". So not the tallest person in the world, but he's not like Adam Cole where he's kind of like 5'10", maybe even shorter than that to where you can really see Vince kind of looking, you know, literally looking down upon him and just like, you know, how can we push this guy? He's so short. But I also see him kind of like in the same vein as uh, Adam Cole that he's fantastic. I think Jay White, as much as I sing the praises of Roman, he is by far, I think, the best heel in the business. And I think if he were to come in to WWE, whether that's the main roster straight away, which I don't think that's what they would do. Cause he's not like the AJ styles type level. I think they would probably put him in NXT first, which I mean, if, if Jay white comes to NXT, like that would just be amazing. But uh, I, I am very skeptical that Vince would get him kind of like how he doesn't get Matt Riddle or Keith Lee and kind of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all these other people we've seen thus far. So I kind of wish Jay White were to stay in New Japan and kind of see that whole arc and possibly turn babyface down the line and everything like that. So I'm a little scared, but it, you know, if WWE really wants him and gives him the bag, then maybe that shows that they're serious. I don't know if that's Triple H being serious or whoever the people behind the scenes making these decisions are, but it, it's definitely something to look out for. Okay, well, with that being said, that is the end of Mr. X. And if you want to be just like Mr. X and be probably the best fan in the world, give us a shoot at curveballandcs at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, curveballsandcs at, or is it curveballs and, I don't know our Twitter handle. Brandon, follow is, us on Twitter and Instagram, curveballs and CS. That is curveballs ah, S and CS at gmail.com. We're also on TikTok, curveballs and CS. And we also are on the Facebook curveballs and chair shots. So we are all over the socials. If you just go to one of those places, uh, Twitter, Instagram, click on our little link tree. It'll take you to all the different places. We're also on the YouTube, youtube.com slash curveballs, chair shots, or just type in curveballs and chair shots in the search. And you can see all of our past fall guys streams. Now, let's get into the uh, topics on hand. We already talked about some of them with Jay White and Goldberg. But now we also have Marty Skrull. He has been in the news because him and ROH have agreed to part ways. Marty Skrull, a part of the Speaking Out movement last summer. He, we really haven't seen or heard much of him. Now he's a free agent. He obviously has ties to the Bullet Club and New Japan and AEW. With what happened at the end of AEW, you, you never know. Haven't heard anything too much about what he's looking for, what companies are looking at him. We've already, I mean, we've discussed it a little bit when it, when the Speaking Out movement happened. But now that he's officially a free agent, Dominic, what do you think is going to go on with the future for Marty Skrull? I mean, I definitely think he's gonna want, he's gonna venture towards AEW just because that's where his friends are and you know all the ties and everything. But I once again, I think money talks. If WWE is to say, hey, whatever they're giving you, we'll we'll, we'll give you more. I think he'll he'll come because I think definitely he's with all the speaking out stuff. He ain't gonna last much longer. So however he do you want to end making an okay amount of money with your friends or making a lot of money with... And, and to be honest, I think he still has friends in WWE. So, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, I, I think he leans towards AEW more than 
WWE. But with the whole speaking out stuff, do you really think these companies are going to want to give him that money in that spotlight? Because it's been however long, six, eight months. And for the most part, I mean, we have all the, all the UK guys from NXT being booted, you know, David Starr and uh, 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 Dick Flip guy. What's his name? Joey Ryan. There we go. Joey Ryan, you know, they've just been banished and they're not coming back anytime soon, if ever. So, I mean, I just don't know exactly if he's really worth the headache and the, the PR, I don't know if it's a disaster, but just the PR situation that would be created from him, especially like with AEW who have like real life fans there. Maybe they, they love him and it's kind of like the Matt Riddles situation to where, I mean, people kind of know and it's not like the biggest deal, but maybe it should have been. And But also Velveteen Dream, like he's hasn't been like officially punished but we don't exactly know what happened and it yeah he, he kind of falls into like that middle ground where it's kind of icky but how much do you really punish him it, it's kind of weird i mean it, it comes down to whoever wants to deal with it the most where does he fit in best AEW? who can probably get around all those hiccups and everything wwe so it just depends on on the circumstances and what he wants to do but Mario Skrull is like really short. Like he's kind of he, he's like Adam Cole even shorter than that. Do you really think Vince is going to want to bring him in? Plus the extra headache that he might bring with the whole speaking out stuff. It it honestly depends. I think money talks. If Triple H or whoever can, you know, show Vince, look, we can do this and then this and then this and then this, and it's projected to be a billion dollar revenue. I think Vince says, "Fuck it, do it." But if there's no upside, he's going to go to AEW. I feel like it's going to be a, a little while until we see Marty Skrull again. Randomly, Tessa Blanchard, apparently uh, AEW really wants her. Do, do you think uh, we'll see Tessa Blanchard in the AEW ring sooner rather than later? Huh. I hope sooner because they definitely, I mean, their women's division isn't as terrible as it used to be, but it's still not the best. So definitely she would be much needed sooner than later. Now, moving on to AEW at Dynamite. They had their New Year's Smash. I think Smash, not Bash. New Year's Smash. Night one, uh, they kick off with what other than Dominic, but a tag team match. Young Bucks and SCU take on TH2 and the Acclaim. Uh, the Bucks and SCU get the win. Then afterwards, SCU kind of, you know, friendly challenges. The Young Bucks, you know, good, you know, high-paced action match. We, we, this is kind of like what we always get from the opener from AEW. Oh, I, I didn't know you were shooting it towards me. Um, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine with a tag team match just because of how quick paced it was. It's those kind of like bare knuckle brawling, you know, ground and pound. I'm going to, you know, wrestler, a wrestler match. Those are the ones I kind of get uh, bored of, but definitely well, a good well, looking, match. Looking at the lineup, Dominic, this was the only tag team match on the show. I know they're listening to me finally. I know. <laughs> But I, I will say I did like the the little promo that SU did at the end with the, the next time you see us going against each other. If we lose, we'll, you know, never wrestle with each other again. I, I did like that. So it, it kind of gives them – it gives you false hope that, oh, maybe the Bucks, are lo- the Bucks are losing the titles, but you already know they aren't. So Then John Moxley returns, cuts a promo, just kind of like, you know, I've been away for a few weeks and I got screwed over from uh, – the championship and kind of just like it was a good solid promo from Mox. 
it is also kind of just like reestablishing, especially for what happened at the end of the show. Just like, look, I'm here. I want Kenny Omega and I'm going to get my title back. But will it happen, Brandon? I don't know. I don't know. We shall see, especially what happens at the end. Then uh, we get the big old Haas fight, Wardlow defeating Jake Hager. Match itself wasn't really the best, but I think having Wardlow win continued to be, I mean, pseudo undefeated, you know, unstoppable, I guess. Uh, I think this definitely was the right move. I I do agree with you. I like how he beat Jake Hager. Um, Now, how much longer do you think we're going to see him in this role, do you, when do you? How much longer do you think until he branches out and says, "Fuck this! I'm better than all of y'all." We see that Wardlow singles run. I would not be shocked if we see Wardlow break off, but it has to be breaking off from MJF. So it, we're gonna have to get the MJF Wardlow feud. But with MJF kind of being kept as strong as he has been, does that mean like Wardlow is the first guy to really beat MJF? We shall see. I mean, I, I can see it happening. You know, maybe like a friendly competition. MGF is like, oh, you're going to take the pinfall, lay down, poke a, poke a death. And then he just, nope, and beats him. And then that can start the turmoil. I, I can see that happen. Shout out the Finger Poke of Doom. We got one, almost got one at uh, Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 in the King of Pro Wrestling match, which by far the worst thing that happened out those two shows. But anyways, uh, we get the TNT title away in. Uh, Brian Cage weighs in, whatever, like 270, 260. Then Darby Allen weighs in. He's like 170, so 100-pound weight difference. Uh, they get they get to, uh, you know, the fun stuff. They're going to hit each other and shit. And then Sting comes out, and we've seen this like the past month. Dominic, uh, I know you're the big Sting mark, but is, is it time to kind of get things moving and stop doing the same thing every single week? Oh, 100% guaranteed. I think Sting has to start swinging that bat, cracking some skulls, to be honest, but, you know. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. Do you think that is kind of not, I'm not going to say like the payoff, but do we finally see Sting get physically involved next week in the title match? As I think that, that, drinking water. That, that's a hard, hard question. I don't, when you mean physically, I mean, does he take a bump or is he, is he just like, what do you mean? What do you see? I would say like some bat shots and a stinger splash. I wouldn't say like he takes like a bump, like a legit. Bump. Um, I, I then yeah, I could probably see it. I could see him doing something like that. Yeah. Or do you think he can do a scorpion death drop? Like, can he do that? I mean, apparently he wants to wrestle, so if he can't even do his finisher, I guess. And he's gone. Well, I'm thinking. So I need I need you to keep talking, but I guess if I think out loud, taking a scorpion death drop would be a bump, but. I think a bump like that would be better than him taking a suplex. So I I don't know if he does great. If not, I think him being involved, maybe, you know, stopping someone from interfering just by standing in their way would be more than enough than to actually have to hit or take a bump. So we get Cody Rhodes defeating Matt Seidel. Snoop Dogg was in Cody's corner. This was all just a big plug for the Go Big show, which Snoop Dogg and Cody are on. Uh, they had the whatever logo plastered everywhere. They had it on the ring skirts. They had it on the guardrails, blah, 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 blah. You know, big crossover thing for T, uh, TNT, TBS. And then uh, Serpentico and uh, 
I forget what's the other dude's name. I I want to say it's not Wardlow. It's not Walter. Come on down. You got to help me out here. It's a two-way street. It is Waldo. Yes, him and Wal- Sir Pentico and Waldo. Uh, they not interfere, but come in after the bell. And Snoop Dogg gives you one of the uh, worst splashes you will ever see. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun. The internet kind of having a little bit of fun with Snoop Dogg. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Snoop Dogg on both WWE and AEW. Look at that with the... Sasha Banks's theme song and Cody Rhodes's remix theme song. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, it may be the worst splash, but I think we've seen worse. So I'll it was the worst splash, but we've seen worse. So that means it's not the worst splash. It is. It is. It is. Then we uh, get probably the the low light. I mean, if Snoop Dogg was like the lowest of low lights, then bam. then we got Hikaru Shida taking on Abaddon. Shida wins, retains her title. We get a spot where they go underneath the ring and then Abaddon bites her again and we get like the dried paint on the side of Sheeta's neck. But Sheeta wins. Let's move on, please. Yeah, let's move on. Exactly. Let's move on to the main event. Kenny Omega takes on Ray Phoenix in the main event for the AEW World title. Kenny Omega gets the win. Fantastic match. Maybe the best match in Dynamite's history. Don't know. Got to check the tape on that one, but a really damn good match. And Kenny Omega retains pretty much clean. Uh, I don't really think there's any underhanded tactics, just a good straightforward match. I feel as though both these men, but maybe especially Kenny was motivated to come out and have a really good match after what Kota Ibushi did at Wrestle Kingdom. I like the match. Definitely um, best match I've seen in a while. Hope to God that uh, we see more like this from Kenny Omega. I think we shall. Then after the bell, we get the debut of the Good Brothers on AEW. I've been kind of slacking, kind of having, I haven't seen the latest episode of uh, Impact, but yes, the Good Brothers show up and they just lay waste to Phoenix. They had the Butcher Blade and uh, Eddie Kingston take out uh, Pack and uh, uh, Pentagon. And yeah, then they just beat down the, not the roster, but kind of the people at ringside. And then the young bucks come out trying to talk some sense into Kenny and then they super kick the varsity blondes. And then they all throw up the two sweet, the young bucks kind of, you know, going back and forth and they reluctantly throw up the two sweet, I guess. What? So first, what do you make of the good brothers returning? And then the young bucks at the end, what does this mean? I don't know. First of all, I want to say I thought they were cease and desist on the two sweet stuff. I thought. I don't know. Could be wrong. I don't know. The cons have a lot of money. Maybe they they can buy their way out of it, or they have some no. sort of license. I don't know how that shit works. I'm just saying. But then it comes down to them not returning, but debuting on AEW, and I loved it. I enjoyed it. The only thing I don't like is the fact that. It, it felt too WWE. I mean, we when they first came to WWE, they ran in on the Usos and attacked them and all that. First thing we see when they went to Impact, and they run in and attack somebody, and then now they attack someone in AEW. So I feel like they do the same thing over and over again. That's my only real negative from it. But love to see the band back together. Yeah, I mean, I I, I enjoyed 
the Good Brothers coming out, they were supposed to be on the debut episode of Dynamite that didn't uh, come to fruition. But I mean, I think I don't know if this is exactly what was supposed to happen on the debut of Dynamite, but I mean, it happened. The elite joined forces back. I mean, they did kind of tip their hand a little bit because when they kind of ran down next week's show, they said the elite are going to be in action. But it's like, oh, the young bucks are faces and Kenny's a heel and he kind of broke off. What does that mean? But anyways, who gives a crap? Uh, the Bullet Club, I guess, is back and they beat. Oh, so John Moxley comes out. We kind of forgot about that. They really like laid the beat down on John Moxley with the barbed wire bat and blah, 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 blah. Uh, conspiracy theory, Dominic. John Moxley, U.S. champion for New Japan. John Moxley will be facing Bullet Club member Kenta for the U.S. title. Is Kenny and the Good Brothers softening up Moxley for their fellow Bullet Cast brethren, Kenta? Because possibly we're getting some sort of a link between the two companies that we've been finally wanting to see. I wouldn't say he's softening them up, but I mean, it. I, I think it would be cool to have maybe a beat down before that match. And then you can maybe have Kenna, Kenny, Kenny uh, give a little like, you know, Kenta, you know, this is for you, brother. Like, like actually name drop them. That would be kind of cool to actually be like, look, they are, they know what's going on. It's not, you know, we're not our own universe universe. This is the world and new Japan, AEW are connected, you know, be something, something like that would be kind of cool. Then to the young bucks, the bucks come out, uh, Nick, uh, thought he possibly broke his leg in the match. He did not just a leg contusion. So luckily he's going to uh, not miss significant time. But do you think they kind of flesh out the Young Bucks story of like, are they joining the kind of reluctant? Like, what do you think the Young Bucks are going? Because, I mean, these past few months, we've kind of been wishy-washy on exactly what they're doing. So what do you think the Young Bucks will be doing in this little elite bullet club stable thing? I think they do what they're always going to do. They follow the leader. They were following. Um, they followed Finn. They followed Adam. They followed AJ. They followed Kenny. You know, so they followed Cody. So that I think they're going to do what they do best. And that's just follow. And then finally, this definitely means Hangman Adam Page needs to be the guy to come back and beat and dethrone Kenny Omega, right? After everything that he was put through with Kenny, the Young Bucks, and now whatever is going to be going on. Is this like cement in your mind that possibly Adam Page is going to be like the guy to dethrone Kenny? Or do you still think that's going to be somebody else? If if it's not Adam Page, I'm thinking who? I mean, to have Moxley win it again, it would just be too much. I think you need to have a fresh face. And I think Adam Page is the fresh, fresh face and the right pick for that. Unless... They uh, bring somebody else from either free agency or WWE, but I think that story, if it is like they've been looking at this forever, that would be fantastic storytelling. Then let's go on to NXT. They had their own special show. They had New Year's Evil hosted by uh, Dexter Loomis. There you go. That that happened. Good for him, I guess. Uh, uh, they kick off the show with Karrion Cross taking on Damian Priest. Cross gets the win as he should. Also, uh, reports are circulating that a Damian Priest call-up is imminent. Thoughts on that? Really? Damian Priest? Really? Really? I mean... He's a tall drink of water. Okay, true. True. But they're going to call him up, but they can't give 
a good reoccurring, you know, angle for Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, Cesaro. They get stuck with these kind of one-off kind of things, and yet you're going to call Demon Priest up? Okay, whatever. I've always kind of compared Damian Priest to, to Baron Corbin. I, I could see Damian Priest being like the babyface Baron Corbin. Like he is always kind of there. People kind of, you know, like him, but he's not like the top guy and he's just going to kind of float there forever. I don't really see him being the top guy in the company. Says you and then watching two years, he's universal champion. But then also, I also feel like he's better suited as a heel, especially with the, I mean, in NXT, it's an undersized roster. So I think he fits better as a heel there going to the main roster kind of bigger. I think he still suits better as a heel. Uh, the match itself, that was good. You know, carrying cross, they're building him up possibly to face Finn for the title. And when, when will that happen? We shall see. Then we get the cruiserweight championship match. Uh, Santos Escobar defeats grand meta leak. Uh, this match had time. It wasn't exactly, you know, the barn burner Lucha Fest that maybe it could have been. It wasn't really supposed to. It's supposed to establish uh, Escobar once again, getting a win. It was fine, but it definitely wasn't as good as it could have been. And I, I'm honestly over Escobar. I definitely think they need to freshen up something. If it's him, him losing his goons, if it's him losing the title, if it's bringing in a fresh face from out of company and just a one-off storyline or something like that. They need to do something because I'm getting tired of Escobar always winning. I think it's just kind of the cruiserweight division in general. Cause it's like uh, who really is there that really means anything in the cruiserweight division, because we had Jake Atlas kind of get a little bit of wins, but then he loses to Swerve Scott. And then we Swerve Scott gets a win over Jake Atlas. Then he just loses right away to Bronson Reed. And I mean, you kind of look around, you know, what's going on. It's who the hell can he challenge? And that's kind of the thing. It's like Escobar is like on such a different level than all these other guys. We don't really care about, you know, who he's challenging because we we don't really care who's challenging him. And then we just kind of know he's going to win regardless. I guess, I mean, it's, I guess it's in the eye of the beholder. So, yeah. Uh, then we get the repackaging debut of Zia Lee. Uh, they've been doing all those vignettes of her and Boa training, you know, getting bloody and getting beat up and shit like that. Uh, we had the, I, I don't know if it's a, I think it's a female uh, with the mask on, white face paint sitting in the throne. Then Zia Lee and Boa come out and then Zia does like her little martial arts thing at the beginning. And she comes out and she just wins a squash match, you know, very angry and yelling and not you know she's impervious to pain i guess that's what her gimmick is and she wins your thoughts on the repackaging finally a payoff to the past two months i think of video packages and vignettes eh? i mean it to me wasn't the best i didn't really care for it all that much it was very it was I hyped and it did not pay off, in my opinion. That's just me, though. I mean, it's definitely a different. I don't. I don't say like a different look. I mean, she pretty much like looks the same. She definitely looks like in better shape. She looks jacked. I mean, she's wearing a little more red. I guess that that's supposed to make her scary. But overall, I mean, Zia Lee. I mean, she has like a good martial arts background, but still, like the wrestling aspect of things isn't exactly the best. She's really like undersized, so she's going to be heel. I mean, she goes up against like Io Shirai. 
that's fine. But if she's going up against Rhea, who knows what's going on with Rhea? It's just kind of such a mismatch that how are we supposed to really take her seriously as like this really sinister heel? I guess we got the stay tuned. Maybe Boa is going to be something on the men's side, but uh, I'm not seeing anything quite yet. I mean, he hasn't even had a match yet, at least in this new gimmick. Uh, speaking of Rhea Ripley, she takes on Raquel Gonzalez in a last woman standing match. Uh, we had Wardlow and Hager with the big old Haas fight. This one was a big old Haas fight on the female side. And I thought this match was a uh, pretty damn good. They just kind of went all over the, the building, the Capitol wrestling center, and they just beat the hell out of each other. And in the end, Gonzalez gets the win with the, Typical, you know, big offstage crash pad spot and Gonzalez gets the win. Now, do you, correct me if I'm wrong here or or chime in with whatever you want, but do you feel that Rhea, since losing at WrestleMania, has not been performing or, I mean, has been uh, kind of negated to the losing streak that she's been on. I mean, yeah, she's, she's one of some matches here and there, but these big matches that will, you know, take her to be a number one contender or take her to the next, you know, that next level. She hasn't, she's come up short. Do you think Raquel Gonzalez is destined to be the next champion? Or do you think it's just, you know, Rhea's fork in the road and she's going to get around it eventually? I think this is Rhea similar to Damian Priest doing the job on the way out. I think we're going to see Rhea Ripley get called up. I think we're going to, we're going to see her in the Royal rumble. Does she win it? Maybe possibly. I think she's definitely one of those top contenders on the women's side, but uh, I mean, overall we've talked about, I think Rhea definitely after winning against Shayna Baszler hasn't really capitalized on the momentum she had after that match. I, I still feel like the, the feud with Charlotte hurt her. She should have won especially with what happened with Charlotte afterwards, whether that was planned or not for her to, to go off to have her surgeries. You know, she loses the title after a few months of rain and doesn't even put someone over. Like, who does that even help? I mean, it's Charlotte. She's Charlotte. She's not going to, you know, gain too much from winning the NXT title, and she's not really helping anybody from beating the women in NXT. But over to Raquel Gonzalez, I think, you know, she's still green. She's not exactly the best wrestler in the world. I still think Rhea, you know, for, you know, kind of the same size, Rhea is still definitely the better wrestler out of the two, but I think Gonzalez has definitely come into her own and she's definitely getting better. And, you know, if, does this mean she goes into a feud with EO? Does she go into a feud with Shotzi or a different kind of non-title feud? We shall see, but I, I think Gonzalez definitely has uh, improved in these last, this last year to say. Okay. And going into the final match. Uh, well, before that, Dominic, come on, you kind of know what happened. Well, we were supposed to have the fight pit between uh, Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa, but Timothy Thatcher did not get clear to wrestle, so that match did not happen. It will happen at a later date. But uh, I would assume this was kind of the fill-in for that, uh, the way come out and they have their little shenanigans, they have some fun, and Dominic's girl, Shotzi, comes out on the tank, hits Austin Theory with uh, – a ball right in the balls. And then Kushida comes out and they have a match shots in Kushida win. Do you, I mean, it was fine. Do you think this just kind of sets up the, you know, each wrestler kind of split off with the other? Yeah, pretty much. It's, it's no big deal. All right. Hashtag analysis. And then in the final match, 
Finn Balor takes on Kyle O'Reilly for the NXT Championship. No commercials throughout, and Finn Balor retains the NXT Championship. Good, really good, hard-hitting match between these two guys. Maybe not exactly the same as the TakeOver match. I still think the TakeOver was a better match, but this one was definitely uh, damn good. Dominic, what did you think about this and Balor winning once again? I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy Balor won. Definitely agree with you that TakeOver was better, but I got to give it to Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, being able to 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 keep I'm, i mean i'm actually i would i would kind of compare finn and o'reilly kind of to the same same caliber both of the same backgrounds and everything but i'm happy that both of them are not dislocated and broken like they were the last time so hats off to them playing it safe but um i i really do hope that whatever they do with kyle o'reilly in the future they give him a singles run at with the title because i definitely think he can he, he can be entertaining. He can be a badass. I mean, we've seen it. He's entertaining and a badass, so why not give him a chance? So hopefully in the future we do see a Kyle O'Reilly singles run. <laughs> be cool. I've always said that Kyle O'Reilly is fantastic on his own, and I agree with you. I hope that he does have a singles run in him. Uh, but going to the future, what do you think both these men will do? Does Kyle – I mean, Bobby Fish is still has his injuries for more games. I mean, just maybe just take overall – undisputed era like they've been there for so long in nxt it's kind of like they've done everything so what else is there for them really to do and then finn i mean i think karen cross is kind of the obvious one they're gonna have a takeover on valentine's day or valentine's is it valentine's day where they're having things to the takeover i'm not exactly sure but around that time uh, in february they're gonna have a takeover so do you think it's cross and finn next championship match i i believe so and i think you need to have cross win that match and then going on to the undisputed era where do you see them going? Because are they just spinning their wheels doing nothing? Do they finally get the call up? But then I'm very scared to see what they do with Adam Cole in the main roster, if that ever happens. See, and, and, and this is where, I don't know, you have a possible, there's a, maybe a small chance Jay White comes, and would you want to keep that in NXT because of the whole AEW NXT ratings bullshits and shenanigans. Like, don't you want to keep something like that, you know, on NXT? Or do you take one of your bigger draws away from NXT to put him on the main roster? So it, it, it's, I, I don't know what happens with, with, with Undisputed. Do you call up part of them, you know, and just let them do what they want? I mean, I don't know. I really don't know what happens happens with Undisputed, so I, I don't know what to say right now. Yeah, I mean, this was the first show of the year, but this was kind of like the end of 2020, just kind of all these storylines kind of coming to an end, and I think now we're going to hit the reset button, and we're going to see exactly where they're going. I mean, I'm not saying it's a foregone conclusion. It's going to be Cross and Finn, but I think that's kind of the direction they're going, maybe get back on track with Cross being the champion, but with Undisputed being there for so long, uh, you know, McAfee not really being there. Who knows what's going to be going on there? I mean, I, I do think like Unexpired Era, they've just been spinning their wheels. I think they do need to like either freshen up with a, you know, a breakup or they go to the main roster and do something over there. It's just, I, I'm re- I'm waiting for something new. Cause even like in 2020, like Unexpired Era really didn't do too of that much. I am like, I know O'Reilly was gone for a lot of it because of the diabetes and the pandemic stuff. But I do hope that uh, O'Reilly can, can take the step forward and be a star singles guy. 
Now, Dominic, we're done. That'll do it. Are you so okay. excited? We finally made it. Good job. Maybe, maybe. Are depends. we done, Dominic? I mean, do you have more to say? I mean, what? What? No. I mean, no. I mean, I, I, I think we are, uh, as the kids say, done. That is what the kids say. So then, I think we need to do the sign off, and you need to hit stop recording. So then we can just, you know, just get on. What to get on? Thank you all very much for tuning into this episode of Curveballs and Cherry Shots. Once again, if you would like to participate on this show, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or even TikTok. All three of those are Curveballs and CS. Uh, we're also on the U of Tube or the Facebook. Just simply search Curveballs and Cherry Shots. We are there. Stay tuned for our Fall Guys stream. Dominic should get a crown eventually. When it happens, we will post it on the socials. You will know. And until next time, goodbye and good night. Uh, bye bang.